Welcome to Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here's your host, D.C. Lundberg. Hi, yeah, yes indeed. Just another one of those weeks where nothing is getting on track. I am still D.C. Lundberg, however, still existing somehow, and this is Locked On Mariners, still part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Please remember to download, rate, and subscribe to this program using any podcasting app that you personally care to use. Ask your smart device to play Locked On Mariners podcast or any program here on the Locked On Network. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. Follow me on Twitter at DC underscore Lundberg. L-U-N-D-B-E-R-G for those who are indeed scoring at home. Well, <laughs> I don't know what to say about the lateness for all these shows. I sincerely apologize for the way it's been going these last several weeks, ladies and gentlemen. There's a little bit too much to explain as to why it's, the schedule has been as inconsistent as it's been on the air. But And I don't know what else to say about that. But today we're going to be talking about the 2004 World Series, which had very historical significance. In it were the Boston Red Sox and the St. Louis Cardinals. Both teams had been very, very strong in the several years preceding this one, but both of them failed to even make it to the World Series. Boston hadn't been to the World Series since 1986 and hadn't won the damn thing since 1918. Two years later, they sold Babe Ruth's contract to the New York Yankees, and thus the curse of the Bambino was born. The Cardinals, on the other hand, hadn't been to the World Series since 1987 and hadn't won it since 1982. In the National League Championship Series, the Cardinals and Astros went to the full seven games. Game six went 12 innings, and the Cardinals took Game seven, advancing them to the World Series. Over in the American League, this series also went the full seven games, with Boston taking it four games to three over their bitter rivals, the New York Yankees. This was a great American League Championship Series, even though Game seven was a 10 to three final, ended on a blowout. The rest of the series. Very, very exciting. Game one of this World Series took place on October 23rd in Fenway Park in front of 35,035 fans. Boston would explode in the bottom half of the very first inning. Johnny Damon would lead off against Woody Williams with a double. Orlando Cabrera would then walk. Manny Ramirez would fly out. And then David Ortiz, Big Poppy, three-run home run, scoring Damon and Cabrera ahead of him. Instant three-to-nothing lead. Kevin Millar would then double. Trot Nixon would fly out, sending Millar to third base. Bill Miller would then hit a single of his own to score Millar and give the Red Sox a four-nothing lead. Doug Mirabelli would fan to end the inning, but a 4 nothing lead after one inning? Yeah, you'll take that pretty much any day of the week. Cardinals got one back in the bottom of the second inning, a Mike Matheny sacrifice fly to score Jim Edmonds. Cardinals would get another one back in the third inning, with Larry Walker hitting a solo home run. Red Sox would go off once again in the third. Johnny Damon would hit a ground ball single through the hole, scoring Bill Miller. Very next hitter, Orlando Cabrera, hit a single of his own to score Doug Mirabelli. Manny Ramirez then grounded into a force out, but Mark Bellhorn scored on the play. Three more runs across for the Red Sox, and they've now got a 7-2 lead. Cardinals would answer in the very next half inning, the top of the fourth. 
Tim Wakefield wound up walking the bases loaded with nobody out. With the bases loaded, Mike Matheny stepped up to the plate and hit a sacrifice fly to right field to score Jim Edmonds. However, Reggie Sanders also scored on the play on an error by the first baseman who was trying to throw the ball to third. The run that Sanders scored is not an RBI, so Matheny's only credited with one. Very next hitter was So Taguchi, who grounded out to the third baseman, and Tony Womack scored on that play. That brought the Cardinals to within two runs and a 7-5 score. Edgar Renteria would then also walk, and that would end Tim Wakefield's day. He would be replaced by Bronson Arroyo, who retired the next two hitters to end the inning. In the sixth inning against Arroyo, the Cardinals would tie it up. Edgar Renteria doubled in So Taguchi, who would then score on a Larry Walker double. 7-7 the score at this time. Red Sox would take the lead in the bottom of the seventh. Manny Ramirez hit a single to center field to score Mark Bellhorn, and the very next hitter, David Ortiz, would single in Orlando Cabrera. 9-7 the lead at this time, which the Cardinals tied right back up the next half frame. Edgar Renteria once again doing the damage, singling home pinch runner Jason Marquis. I will take this opportunity to remind you, Jason Marquis was a pitcher. Larry Walker was the next batter, and he would reach on an error by the left fielder. Roger Cedeno would score on the play, an unearned run, but nonetheless, the game was tied at nine apiece. The very next half inning after that, bottom of the eighth inning, with one out, Jason Veritek reached base on an error by the shortstop. Next batter was Mark Bellhorn, who immediately made the Cardinals pay. He hit a two-run home run to give his team an 11-9 lead, and that 11-9 lead would prove to be the final score. Pitching was certainly not at a premium in this game. Game two would take place the very next day in Fenway Park, in front of 35,000 and one fans. Red Sox got on the board in the very first inning once again with Jason Veritek hitting a two-run triple to score both Manny Ramirez and David Ortiz. In the top of the fourth inning, Albert Pujols would score on a fielding error by the third baseman. That run was unearned, and the only run the Cardinals would score that inning. Red Sox would get two more back in the very next half frame. Mark Bellhorn of the dish, hitting a double to plate Kevin Millar and Bill Miller. 4-1 to the score at this point, which the Red Sox would extend in the bottom of the sixth inning. Orlando Cabrera with a two-run single to score Trot Nixon and Johnny Damon. Cardinals got one back on a sacrifice fly by Scott Rowland to score Edgar Renteria in the eighth inning to bring the score to 6-2, to two, which wound up being the final. Kurt Schilling started for the Red Sox, pitched six innings, gave up a run. It was not earned. Only walked one, only allowed four hits. Starting for the Cardinals, Matt Morris, not his best effort. Four and a third innings, four hits, four runs all earned. He walked four. He did strike out three. The Red Sox as a team only walked two, their other walk being issued by former Mariner Mike Timlin. We'll get to the rest of the series in just a little bit, but first this from Built Bar. Ladies and gentlemen, I have no idea what I can say about Built Bar that has not already been said. There is scring, scring, scrabble glurg, but that doesn't make any sense. So I'll just reiterate that they are great tasting protein bars covered in 100% real chocolate. They're gluten-free. They're obviously high in protein. They're low in sugar, low in calories, low in carbohydrates. The nut-free flavors are all made in a tree nut and peanut-free facility, ladies and gentlemen. So if you have a nut allergy, these are perfectly safe for you to eat. They come in 18 terrific 
classic flavors. Peanut butter brownies, great. Mint brownies, great. The limited edition maple pecan is also great, so get those while supplies last. I can't think of a bad flavor in the bunch, ladies and gentlemen. There are some that are obviously better than others, but I do like them all. Also, don't forget about Built Boost drink powder and Built Go energy shots. All this can be found at BuiltBar.com. And if you try to use promo code ROCKNOW, rock the night till early in the morning light, well, nothing happens, but so use promo code locked on instead to get 20% off of your next order of the best protein bars in the history of best protein bars. Have you got a question or a comment? I bet you do. So send it on in to LockedOnMariners at gmail.com. I'll read it and reply to it on the air in an upcoming mailbag episode. One is hopefully being recorded sometime this weekend for publishing early next week. There is that one uh, email that I would like Jason Hernandez to reply to on the air. That's why I've been holding off on doing an email episode. So get those letters in to LockedOnMariners at gmail.com. Questions and comments on any subject are welcome. Any questions or comments on any subject are encouraged during this offseason where there's very little baseball news to talk about. And remember, it's a family show, so keep it appropriate. LockedOnMariners at gmail.com. I think that's the third time I've mentioned the email address, so I will do so no more. I will just say that we're going to continue looking back at the 2004 World Series following the following. Welcome to the second half of Locked On Mariners. Here once again is your host, D.C. Lundberg. Yes, indeed. Thank you very much, Joey Martin. We are back here on Locked On Mariners. 2004 World Series is the World Series we're talking about today. We've gone through Game 1, we've gone through Game 2, which obviously brings us to Game 3. Red Sox have a two-games-to-none lead over the St. Louis Cardinals at this particular point in time as the series shifts to Bush Stadium. Game 3 would take place on October 26th in front of 52,015 fans in Bush Stadium. Red Sox would get started very early, with Manny Ramirez hitting a solo home run off Jeff Supon in the first inning. They'd add another run in the fourth inning, Bill Miller scoring on a Trot Nixon single. And they'd add two more in the fifth, an RBI single by Manny Ramirez to score Johnny Damon, and an RBI single by Bill Miller to score Orlando Cabrera. 4 nothing is the score at this point, and the Cardinals wouldn't get on the board until the ninth inning. Larry Walker would hit a solo home run in that ninth inning, but that would be far from enough, as the Red Sox take this one as well by a 4-1 to final. Cardinals could only muster four hits off Pedro Martinez, Mike Timlin, and Keith Folk. Pedro went seven innings. Three of those hits he would give up. He'd walk only two and strike out six. Timlin would not allow a thing in his one inning of work, and Keith Folk would allow that home run, but he would also strike out two batters. Jeff Supon of the Cardinals had a rough day at the office. Four and two-thirds innings, eight hits, four runs. They were all earned. One walk, four strikeouts. He'd give up one home run. The Red Sox only walked two as a pitching staff, and they were both issued by Pedro, while the Cardinals walked five, Jeff Supon issuing four of those free passes. Which brings us to the potentially historic Game 4, still in Bush Stadium, October 27th, 2004, Anno Domini. And just like every other game in this series, the Red Sox score in the very first inning. As a matter of fact, they would score during the first at-bat, as Johnny Damon would lead off the game with the solo home run. The Red Sox would tack on two more in the third. Trot Nixon scoring David Ortiz and Jason Veritek on a double 
Former Mariner Derek Lowe got the starting assignment for the Red Sox. He'd go seven strong innings, allow only three hits, a walk, and four strikeouts. No runs. Jason Marquis didn't do poorly. He'd give he'd pitch six innings, give up six hits, three runs. They were all earned, one home run. He would walk five, however, and strike out four. And those three runs would prove to be all that the Red Sox needed. With that three-run lead going into the bottom of the ninth inning, Keith Folk replaces Alan Embry on the mound. Albert Pujols, the great Albert Pujols, led off with a single. Scott Rowland then flew out, and Jim Edmonds struck out. During the first pitch of the at-bat to Edgar Renteria, Albert Pujols would take second base on defensive indifference. And then, ladies and gentlemen, I had something of a premonition. I said out loud, this is it, because I felt like the World Series was going to end on this next pitch. And I was right. Edgar Renteria grounded out to pitcher Folk, who threw on to first base to retire Renteria and give the Boston Red Sox their first victory in 86 years. The curse of the Bambino had finally been put to rest. 3 nothing. the final score in this game. Cardinals only mustered four hits, as I mentioned. The Red Sox just had the appearance of a team of destiny, especially after their ALCS win over the Yankees, and particularly after that first game where they won that seesaw battle 11-9 over the Cardinals. They seemingly had the series in hand after that, even though games 3 and 4 were very hard-fought exciting contests. World Series MVP is Manny Ramirez. Both teams remained dominant forces for years to come, and both have since won another World Series championship. Well, gang, that's just about going to do it for this episode. I hope you like this look back at the 2004 World Series, kind of looking at some more recent history than we've, than we've been looking at. And again, I apologize for the inconsistent scheduling of this program. I'm hoping that that can change at the beginning of next week. I can't promise. I am doing my best to get this show out on time, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of outside influences have been preventing that, and I am very, very sorry. Over the weekend, we're going to have a series of guest hosts look back at some World Series. I'm not sure if we're having a show tomorrow or not, but we'll definitely be back by Friday. And to be perfectly honest, I don't know who's going to be hosting that one. And obviously, I don't know which World Series it's going to be. Uh, please don't let that stop you from downloading, rating, and subscribing to this program, however. Using any podcasting app that may happen to spring to mind, look for us on a new podcasting app you can think of. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. And follow me on Twitter at DC underscore Lundberg as well. Thank you again for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for staying with us during this period of inconsistency is the best I can describe it at this point. I do hope you've been enjoying this series, and I hope you enjoy the next look back at another Fall Classic. This is Joey Martin speaking for Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.